Hey there, and welcome to another edition of Don't IEP Alone. I'm Lisa Leitner. I am your host for this podcast. It is the only podcast dedicated to helping parents navigate the IEP process. Um, I also have the corresponding uh, blog, A Day in Our Shoes, and there's a Facebook page and a Facebook group where you can ask your individual questions. Um, We want to be, or I want to be, your go-to online resource for IEP information. Today, I want to talk about one simple word that causes a lot of trouble, and it's the word why. And it's funny because in the Facebook group, I I get to kind of take the pulse of what's going on out there in IEP land from all over the country and the group already has like 30 or 35,000 people in it and a parent will list out like a whole situation you know spend several sentences saying well and then this happened well first here's the background information and then this happened and then this happened and then the school did this why and this is their question why did they do that I don't know I don't know. Um, and sometimes when I'm feeling particularly snarky, um, I want to put, I don't know, and then close the thread. But I don't. Um, remember, I'm working on that that self-growth, meet them where they are at in the journey. Um, and I try not to judge. But I really want you to work really hard. If, if you're not already there, I want you to work really hard at that... Um, at not going down the why, and that's W-H-Y, not going down the why rabbit hole, okay? And trust me on this, that if you can change your mindset on this, it, it's, it's, it's just going to make you a better advocate. Um, it's going to be better for your mental health and your stress and everything else if you can just let go of that why. Um, because here's the thing. In, out in special ed land, ever since the inception of IDEA in 1975, um, the federal government has never fully funded IDEA. Never, ever, ever. Not even to half. They've never even half funded it to what they said they would. Add to that that funding has not only not been there, but it's actually decreased in the past decade. And when you take into account the higher cost of giving kids what what they need, because we know now, you know, we know a lot more about learning disabilities and all that stuff. Um, We certainly know a lot more about what works than we did in 1975. But that knowledge and that research comes at a cost. So it's also more expensive now to provide what our kids need than than it was in 1975. Um... But when you take into account inflation and increased costs and increased technology and everything else, our schools are doing way more today than they were in 1975 with a lot less money. Okay, so we know our schools don't have the money. We could, I could go off on a tangent about that all day. Um, I love to talk politics and policy. Um, I'm not going to do that today. But we know, bottom line is, our schools don't have enough money. They don't. Even the richest school district or the best school districts, they don't have enough money to give our kids, to give all of our kids what they need. 
So that stressor on them of not having enough money yet being legally bound per IDEA to give kids what they need and they're not allowed to come to you and say, oh, I'm sorry, we'd love to offer this, but we don't have the money. Although some do, it's rare, but they're not really supposed to say that, as they say. Um, but when they have all that piled on them as far as being a school administrator and having a budget that you have to stick to, um, being perhaps a superintendent, and a school board and having the issue of, you know, raising taxes. Um, what we see in IEP meetings and what we see as far as how contentious it is between parents and schools, that's just kind of the manifestation of the problem. One area where schools have found that they really can control, <coughs> excuse me, the spending is just to say no. And to tell you no, um, no, 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 all day long, just say no. Um, and even if they tell you no once and you fight it for a year and then perhaps you get to a yes, they've still delayed paying for whatever that was for a year. So they've still saved money. Um, So that's the why. We know why. When they say, why do schools do this? Because they don't have the money. Okay? So how that manifests itself in day-to-day situations is going to vary. But the bottom line is none of our schools have enough money. And um, I've heard other parents say, oh, yes, they do. Yes, they do. Because I know in my state that once you're disabled, um, the school gives them X number of dollars. And I know that what I'm asking for only costs Y number of dollars. So they have enough money. Yeah, they might have enough money for that particular service, but they're trying to cut everywhere they can because overall to serve all the disabled kids they have in the district, they don't have enough money. That's the why. Okay. So we know the answer. So when you can say, why did they do this? That's why they did it. But as far as the individual situations, as far as why did the teacher say this? Why did they do that? Why did they tell me this? You are going to do yourself a great disservice if you spend your mental time and energy trying to figure out the intentions of others. And let that sink in for a minute. Right? Um... Because when it comes down to it, we don't know why. Um, We know that our schools don't have enough money, so we know that that has led to a very um, adversarial relationship between parents and school districts. So that's the big picture. But as far as individual actions, we don't know why. And I honestly have a lot to deal with in the course of a day, and I'm sure you do too. Because if you're listening to me, you have a disabled child, so you have additional challenges. And I just don't have the mental energy to try to figure out why people are doing things. I don't have the mental energy to try to assume someone's intent. And to take that one step further, um, there's a great... I have it on my blog about... I have a post about why moms need to suppress their inner four-year-old. And that's because four-year-olds ask why, why, why all the time. And you need to let that go. 
Um, but also in that article, I have linked to another article that I frequently read because um, one of my mentors shared it with me many years ago. Um, and it's about a concept called Hanlon's Razor. And Hanlon's actually a guy from Scranton, ironically, which is in Pennsylvania. So maybe it's not ironic for you, but not too far from me. Um, but if, if he came up with a quote or he said this quote a, a long time ago. And it was, never attribute to malice that which can be adequately explained by stupidity. Okay. What he's saying there is you don't assume intent. Intent, And furthermore, if you're going to assume intent, why do we always assume the worst? Why do we always assume that it's malice? And I do see this. Trust me. In the Facebook group, um, you know, a parent will say, this, this, and this happened. Why do you think they did that? And all kinds of crazy answers will come up. Well, they did that because they did the, and it's just like crazy. Like, how do you know? Like, you're answering a question to a mom who's like across the country from you. And you're able to determine the intent of a teacher you've never met who's a thousand miles away from you. It's just crazy. Um, But not only are you assuming intent, but you're assuming the worst. So... Hanlon's razor. Never assume malice when stupidity will suffice. Never assume stupidity when ignorance will suffice. Never assume ignorance when forgivable error will suffice. And never assume error when information you hadn't adequately accounted for will suffice. Okay, I think all of us have actions that we've done that were likely misinterpreted by others. Oh, why did you do that? You know, you probably, you know, it's just something that maybe we did at work or volunteering or at our kid's school or who knows. And why did she do that? And then people probably surmised all these ideas as to why we did that. And they were way off base. And you think about like I don't know, you know, and if they came, if they only came to you and asked you that, there was probably a very logical explanation. Um, And it might have been as simple as, you know, I forgot. Um, You know, it's, it's the old, um, I got a new phone over the holidays and it's, I like it. It's the Pixel 3. Um. I like it, but I'm honestly still learning it three months later. And one thing I don't like is that when I get a notification for a phone call or a text, even if I don't like open the notification and look at it, like if I just glance, like if I look at it, my notifications don't stick. So I'll get a notification and like I can see like most of what the text says and you know, I get that dot, 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 but, but anyway, then it goes away. So depending on where I am in in the course of my day, I just forget. And then, you know, 10 more texts come in and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I completely forgot to um, answer that text and it was kind of an important one. And meanwhile, like I've, you know, you've had those situations and the person says, oh, well, I thought maybe you did this and you thought, and it's just like, it's really just a matter of um, a forgivable error and that I forgot, you know, it, it, 
the text went to the bottom of the pile and I forgot. Or, um, you know, I read your email and I've done this one um, by accident. I, I, I hit the trash button by accident instead of a different button. And then it's like, oh, like I deleted it. And I just, um, I have so much on my mind lately that I forget things. And then I, and then I think like, you know, you're in the shower and you're like, oh my God, that person emailed me like five days ago. Meanwhile, that person has sometimes gotten all these ideas in their head about why you didn't answer the email when it's a matter of like, oh, I deleted it by accident. Sorry. Um, so that's what we want to do for others too, is just not assume the worst and really not try to assume at all. Um, your time, rather than trying to figure out the intentions of others, your time is better spent dealing with the facts that you have. You know, the IEP process is all about the paper trail. It's all about the data. Um, you know, we read tone into texts and email nowadays. We read tone into it that maybe isn't there. I get accused of that a lot because I have, not email, but in, in the Facebook group, sometimes I get accused of being um, rude and, and abrasive. And the fact is, I'm trying to manage a group of 35,000 people, and I'm trying to answer all the questions. So, um, and I'm trying to participate in all the threads. And then we're at, I mean, it's a large group. We get hundreds a day. We get dozens and dozens of, of things a day. Um and I say, you know, no, I'm not being, I'm not being abrasive or, or abrupt or I mean, maybe abrupt, but, um, it's because I'm trying to answer everybody who, who asks a question. I'm some days I try to answer them all and, and I don't have time to be flowery and sweet. I'm going to answer your question and move on. So anyway, get rid of the whys and focus on the facts and trust me, you, when you change your focus and change your mindset on this, trust me, it's just going to be a much better IEP process um, when you're not assuming the worst about people or trying to figure out their intentions and just dealing with what you have in front of you. Um, that's that's what's going to work for you. Uh, I guess that's all I have about that today. Um, the why. Um, Yeah, Hanlon's razor. Look it up. It's it's a great concept. Um, Hanlon's razor is an effective check on a tendency that we humans have to quickly judge that something bad happens to us is the result of an intentional evil action. Okay, this kind of thinking is mistaken for two reasons: intentionality of the robust kind we assume is rare. And evil intentionality is even rarer. Okay. A lot of times it's just a misunderstanding. People are hungry, tired, stressed, distracted. Um, you know, all kinds of reasons. I honestly let go. I'll tell you this story. I think I have this in a blog post somewhere. Um, but I had a client several years ago. And the child was, I'm trying to think what grade the child was. He was in elementary. I want to say maybe third or fourth at the time. And the teacher made like kind of an odd comment to the child. It wasn't, it was just odd. I don't want to say the details because it's, it was so peculiar that anybody who's listening would be like, that's me. You're just closing my information. Um, 
But she made a very odd comment to the child. It wasn't, it wasn't obscene. It wasn't, um, it was just peculiar. Anyway, the, the kid had anxi- has anxiety, so he took it kind of a weird way, and he went home and reported it to mom. And we had um, a number of issues since then. Um, we had had that wasn't that was just one of many many incidents where the child's needs weren't being met, and he wasn't in a great setting, and he wasn't getting enough um, instruction, and and so on and so on. Um, and we had a series of IEP meetings because we're hashing all this stuff out. And every time, oh, and first of all, the teacher, the teacher apologized and she said, oh, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that way. I meant, you know, whatever. She apologized. Move on. Every single meeting for like three or four meetings, mom kept bringing it up. I just want to know why she said that. And she even said to me at one point after a meeting, and it was a particularly painful meeting, even by my standards, um, she said to me, I just cannot move on until I know why she said that. And I let her go. I let her go. I said, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't serve your family anymore. I can't meet your needs because... She wasn't even focused on the fact that we had so greatly improved this child's IEP. We had gotten him supports and services. You know, evals were were being done and we're waiting on those results. Um, We had just made a lot of progress. And she kept hashing it out with this one teacher who, again, had apologized and kept with, I just, I just can't let it go. I need to know why she said that. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why she said it um it has nothing to do with the child's IEP in fact it's just a matter of he's in her class and she said an odd comment um now that's an extreme case I would hope that none of you would hang on to a why that long but it happens um and and I feel bad and I think of that kid often But if I have a parent as a client who's not willing to deal with the facts in front of them and move forward, um, you know, I just, I just can't serve you. I can't, um, I just can't, it's just, it's not going to work. Um, so anyway, get rid of the why, W H Y get, do not fall down the why rabbit hole. Do not assume intent, assume intent. Um, and certainly don't assume the worst intent and don't assume malice because most people are good. Um, Thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time.